Hi folks, welcome to our Jet Centra podcast, episode 28, I'm told, Mike McIntyre. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and Mike is our sports columnist. He's in Edmonton, in the bubble, or not in the bubble, in the, in the hub. In the hub. Yeah. yeah, I'm uh, I'm in my office as usual at 1355 Mountain. Um, Mike, uh, how's uh, how's things in Edmonton? Uh, it's it, there's a heat wave going on here. They've had apparently they've had a lousy summer, unlike our great summer in Manitoba. Like they've had about two days prior to this week uh, of 30 plus degree temperature. Like it's been miserable. But I guess I brought the good weather because it's been hot and kind of humid. It's kind of reminded me of Winnipeg summer weather. And it's funny because everybody here is complaining about how hot it is. And I'm like, well, this is just normal weather for Winnipeg. But yeah, well, we've had, uh, I think that we've had an extraordinarily hot uh, summer, haven't we, kind of? this summer? We have. We have. It, it, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. Uh, windy. What's with the wind, man? It is. It has been one of the windiest summers in in decades. Apparently, uh, I little known fact: I wanted to be a meteorologist when I was a kid, so I'm still a weather junkie, and uh, I follow like all kinds of meteorologists and weather specialists on Twitter, and I soak up anything and everything to do with the weather. So yeah, you're you're bang on. I think I saw a report a couple weeks ago that we hadn't had winds like this for 30 years in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, uh, we can probably do a whole, yeah. Our, probably our, do a whole, ben is also a weather fan, and he was telling me the same thing about the wind in June. So um, um, let's uh, move forward with the first period of podcast here. I'm sure people did not tune in to listen to us talk about the weather. They want to hear our hot, our usual hot air, Steve. Speaking yeah, of. for sure. Yeah, exactly. So there was a. It's uh, what day is it today? It's Thursday today. So last night, Wednesday night. Uh, the Jets played um, their one and only exhibition game prior to the uh, uh, play-in series that begins on Saturday versus the Flames. They they played the Canucks. They won four to one. Um, you were at the game at Rogers. Is it called Rogers Arena? Is that what it's called? It's Rogers Place. There's also not to be confused with Rogers Center or sorry Rogers Arena, which is in Vancouver or Rogers. Rogers um, Center, which is where the Toronto Blue Jays play. So there's a Rogers Place, a Rogers Arena, and a Rogers Center, all in Canada. That's at least too too many, in my opinion. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. Um, so let's. So you're at the hockey rink in Edmonton. Let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> uh, watching it, I was uh, in my basement. There's only one of those of that are that's mine, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> watching it on television on one TV. Um, so, um, uh, give me your, you, you wrote a uh, column today in our paper about your impressions of watching it, um, live in the rink. And, uh, and I wrote a little bit in my daily newsletter about what it was like to watch uh, it on television last night. I only right. watched it for a period because frankly, um, I was in bed by 11 o'clock. So I did not see the second and third periods. Um, but it sounds like you and I had a, a, a very different experience. Um, so from what I can gather, it was watching it for you was very different. Watching it for me on television, Frank, like, 
was not that different, really. I didn't notice it. I didn't miss the crowd. Um, the broadcast was the same pretty much as any other broadcast. And, um, um, yeah, I, I didn't find it abnormal, uh, interestingly. So, but you found it different, I guess. Yeah, I guess just the, the size of the rink, which you know, doesn't come across, it's a much more intimate presentation on TV with close-ups and whatnot. Yeah, but it looked the same, yeah. Yeah, the the, the, the TV presentation is very similar. I've, of course, before I went into the ring last night, I had watched a few of the other exhibition games that have happened. Um, I don't know if you even noticed this, Steve, but they are adding some sort of crowd sweetener into the television broadcast, I've, I've actually noticed it more on the NBC broadcast. Like the crowd is louder. Um, okay, so when they, speaking of the crowd, so when they scored, so the, I only saw the first goal by Tucker Pullman. As I mentioned, I went to bed, um, and so there was a there was a reaction. Like it was the Budweiser horn and siren that went off, and then there was a crowd cheer. Did that happen in the rink too? The crowd cheer did not. The bullhorn. Oh, okay. The goal horn did, albeit it was quite delayed. And I was almost thinking to myself, like, if, I don't know, the the guy or or gal that's at the switch, I mean, they're probably waiting for the crowd to erupt on a goal, which is kind of their cue. And there wasn't that. So it's almost like they missed their cue because it seemed to me it was a good two seconds after the goal went in that, that the person is like, oh, shoot, I guess I should hit this button. Um, but the crowd sounds are not being played in the rink. So it sounds different All right. in the rink than it does watching on TV because you don't hear any of that. All you hear basically is silence and, you know, a couple of woohoos after the, like, it's like, it, it feels like you're just watching a really good beer level, a beer league level game, you know, down at, at Billy Mosienko or something. Um, because you can hear all the ambient sound that you would never hear in a normal situation. Like, and to me that was magnified when the jets come on the ice as the home team. And they have the pre-recorded sound of Jay Richardson, the bell MTS place PA announcer. So that's all familiar. They, they play so, that was the, so just, I just want to interject there. That's stupid. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just stupid. I heard that while I was watching the telecast. And I'm like, who the hell is he introducing the starting lineup to? The coach? Uh, the other team? Yeah, I mean, it's... But that it, was dumb. Well, I mean, I think you could, you could almost say the same thing about the anthem, right? Like, why are they playing the anthem? Well, I, I you know, at first I thought that, Mike, you're right. I, I was like, I'd heard that they were playing the anthem with some of the others. But then when I watched the anthem on television, actually, I thought it was quite an intimate... Um, um, a moment really what? where the players were in a circle around the dot and if they were they were alternating one jet and then one Canuck and and they showed some of the facial expressions on some of the players and uh, you know it, it kind of captured the moment that here we are in the middle still in the middle yeah. of a global pandemic and and um, so I, di- I didn't mind that at first I was gonna yeah like this is stupid like why are they playing the anthem and that may grow old I can't imagine they're going to do it for every... Are they going to do it for every game? I believe they're playing... And I, I don't believe they're going to gather in a circle uh, yeah. every game. Like, I think that was a one-off to kind of make their... Yeah. Well, I don't mind that, actually, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, um, no, I, I believe there will be the anthem and it'll be back to traditional teams standing on, on their own blue lines. I think it would maybe be more awkward, like, are they going to have but, someone sing the anthem? I don't know the answer to that. Weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think that, I think that um, we could probably do away with the anthem. Yeah, I'm with you there, bud. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, but th- that being said, I can tell you that what they what they did last night is just a a taste of what they're going to do starting Saturday. There's more planned, and the NHL said that they were holding back. They didn't want to kind of unveil. The whole situation, yeah. Um, so you 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 probably saw those video screens, right? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. So they're huge. You know, and frankly, though, frankly though, anything with less play-by-play announcing would be good. Can we do that? Well, except I love Chris Cuthbert. Isn't is I do too. great. I do too. I listen, and and I, and I was grateful to see Chris Cuthbert, but. One of my pet peeves over the years with hockey, watching hockey, has been the non-stop play-by-play. Yes. Uh, I don't need to know that the puck was dumped into the corner. I have eyes. It's They've never moved from radio to television in hockey for whatever reason. Um, I think that a little more quiet, dead air would be fine where I can actually hear the sounds of the game and 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 um, you know much like baseball, I love baseball announcers. Right, they, period. But I love to hear the crack of the bat, and um, and I wouldn't mind hearing the slap of the stick. I do not need to hear you not stop talking, Bob Cole. So just before we wrap up this period, let me ask you, Steve. You watched the first period. How many f bombs did you hear on on the broadcast? Did you hear any? No, I didn't hear any. No, because I heard dozens of them. Nice. Uh, yeah. So they are on. They are on a. I believe it's five seconds. It might be seven. There's a delay, and I imagine like somebody's job for the next two and a half months, or maybe it's a bunch of somebody's, is probably to sit there, and every time an f bomb gets dropped, they probably have some mute button that they can hit so that the CRTC isn't getting a, a flood of complaints. Because my goodness, you can hear them flying everywhere in the rink. I loved it. I mean, in a way, I'd almost wish that the viewers at home could hear it, but I kind of understand why they can't. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Center podcast. I'm Steve Lyons, and I'm joined, as usual, by Mike McIntyre. Um, Mike, we talked a lot about the uh, exhibition game last night. Um, One thing, just before we get on to some other subjects, one thing, that was absolutely the same in last night's game that was the same as every other Jets game I had seen this year was the stellar goaltending yeah. Connor Hellebuck in the first period. Um, the Jets, again, forgot to show up in the first period or for the first 10 minutes, and the Canucks were up. Hellebuck made a number of just terrific saves, and then the Jets kind of... Started to get things going and won their won the game four to one. Um, did you see that as well, or was I? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think Brock Besser alone had about three yeah. glorious chances, yeah. kind of in the slot. I know one he fired wide, but Hellebuck made a couple of really was good. Hill, Pionk, was 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 did Pionk <laughs> show up for the game? Was he wearing the right uniform last night? Claude Noel used to call him 
handing out free pizzas. So right. Was handing out free pizzas on a regular basis last night in the first period. That was Johnny Oduya that I believe yeah. was the pizza man version one. But Neil Pionk, uh, Pionk the pizza man, it does have a nice bit of alliterative. It does. Uh, but uh, you don't want to see that. Obviously, uh, I'm sure the Jets are hoping Neil Pionk got that out of his system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It followed a very similar script. You know, it was interesting talking to Connor Hellebuck after the game via Zoom, of course. Although I should tell you a, a neat little story, just a quick aside, how they have it set up down at the rink. So they've created... But that's what we're here for, Mike. Yes. They've created a virtual... Um, press room that's just down that's on the same level as as our makeshift press box when the game ended last night just like i would normally scurry downstairs and go into the dressing room uh i made the much shorter trip to this virtual press room where they have a video camera set up and a microphone and a backdrop i stand and, and because i'm on site I get priority over anybody else just joining in via Zoom. I get first questions of, of any player. So I stand in front of the camera. Unlike the normal Zoom questions, so anybody that was back in Winnipeg that was just covering it, the players and, and Coach Palmeries, they don't see you. They just hear your voice. But they actually have it set up so that I, I pop up on a, on a camera I probably should have dressed a little nicer if I knew this was going to be the case last night. I didn't wear a suit. First time I've covered a, a Jets game not wearing a suit. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, and you're now in, you're, you're appearing, your face is shown to the players and, and the coach. You ask your questions, they answer back. Well, was it just <laughs> you? Like, are you the only guy? Yeah. Well, there was myself and, and Ted Wyman from the... Oh, okay. Was that there? Yeah. Yes. So the two of us, we went first. They told they asked us if we could limit it to two questions each. So right. uh, the first four questions were from us two on site, and then they turned it over to the others who who haven't come down here to the bubble or to the hub. And uh, so I mean, there there was, an, I guess, a, a bit of a home ice advantage in that sense that you get the first questions uh, if that actually means anything. But so um, you were you were you were a little bit of an insider then. You were yes. you were. A, you wrote a column uh, this week, Mike, about in the NHL. Outside. Which, yeah. um, um, if we could just bring the folks up to speed, just so folks know, is that no um, traditional, no other media other than NHL.com media and team media is being allowed inside the bubble during these playoffs. Uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association had hoped to have some of its own members inside the bubble for the playoffs. Um, the NHL turned that down and it created a bit of a, uh, furor, um, yeah. Friday and over the weekend from the, uh, professional hockey writers. And, um, but as you wrote, um, and we've, you know, we've been dealing with this for years now here in Winnipeg. Um, being an outsider really is, is, is a good thing. Like it's, yeah. I, I was grateful to see that no, frankly, I was glad that no traditional, no media was allowed in as opposed to just a few, Mike, because my concern was, is that if it was just a few, it would be the select few insiders. You know what I mean? I'm a hundred percent sure it wouldn't have been the Winnipeg free press outsiders. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, just, you know, we're big fans here at the Free Press of independent journalism. And, and so um, how does it feel to be a outsider, Mike? Well, it, you know, to be frank, and I know there's a lot of my colleagues in, in other independent mainstream media that would probably feel different, but who care? I, I don't, I don't want to be in the bubble. I mean, yeah, you might, you might land in, into, you know, have some interesting um, color or vignettes kind of fall your way, but I don't want to be in the same hotel as the players. I'm not in the same hotel as the players on any other road trip. I don't want to fly on the charter with the team. We don't. A lot of people seem to think that, that we do. So I want to be differentiated from the media or from the employees whose checks are being signed by either the team or the league. So you're right. I mean, in that sense, I, I don't care that I'm not in that bubble. I Frankly, I don't want to be in there anyways. I'd rather cover this, you know, not have to worry about uh, what, you know, this person or that person is going to think or react or say. I mean, we get that enough with, with True North and the Jets. As I wrote in my column, <clears throat> my attempts to speak with Mark Chipman, I'm, if I was a Major League Baseball player, I'd be sent down to AAA because I'm about 0 for 6 or 7 at this point. You know, I had a, I had an email from a guy yesterday, I guess it was, a reader. He was complaining that, um, you know, unlike a lot of other markets, and I'm not sure this is true, by the way, that the Winnipeg Free Press Sports Department is not positive enough in its uh, reporting on the Winnipeg Jets. And, right. And, um, and, you know, I, I responded to him, you know, and tried to explain to him that it's really just not our job to be positive or negative uh, about anything that it has to do with the Winnipeg Jets. Our job is to, to be, you know, uh, objective. Our job is to, you know, report facts, report, you know, give opinions and, and, and it's just not, it's not our job to say, go Jets, go. It really, really is not. And so um, I think by being outsiders, that allows us to remain true to what we're supposed to be doing. For sure. The, the only issue I really have with how this has played out isn't the fact that we're not allowed in. It's that the NHL went back on its word, kind of, you know, sneakily. They, they said that there was going to be zero media and they claimed that it was because of safety. And well, there's still is zero media, Mike. Right, true. <laughs> but then they let, like, a bunch of NHL.com writers in. And Again, so, zero media. Yeah, for sure. By the way, so, Steve, that caller on the line, his name wasn't Mark, was it? Or the, oh. Was it an email or a call, you said? Uh, you know what? I, it was an email. Um, I'm not sure there was even a name. I think the other one, I can't remember what it was, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, because that's that's what uh, that's why Mark Chipman's not talking to us. Apparently, according to Scott Brown with the Jets, he he's not happy with media coverage as of late. So he's going to stand down from doing interviews, and they understand that it's probably going to be an inconvenience. Uh, despite the fact that he hasn't talked to me in four years, really no no inconvenience there whatsoever. So we'll continue to report on the games and report as we have been and uh, and do this little thing. And uh, So what's up next? Uh, so the Jets play Saturday. They yes. they had no practice today, Thursday, just for the folks at home. Friday they'll have a, their final 
work out, and then uh, it's a uh, game on on Saturday. I'm going to sleep yeah. late that game. I think I'll watch more than the I get to sleep in on Sunday, though, so... You uh, do, and the other good news, Steve, is that Monday and Tuesday's games, you don't have to worry about bedtime at all. The Jets are playing early in the afternoon on Monday, and they're playing uh, late afternoon, early dinner time on Tuesday, so they're kind of all over the map, which is just one of the many challenges of this whole setup. Okay, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jets after a podcast. Um, this is where we uh, have some sectra. We get away from the Jets, um, talk about some other things that are going on. Um, Mike, let's first talk about um, uh, the Canadian Football League. Um, I, I just got an email from our crack football writer, Jeff Hamilton. He's going to do a story for tomorrow's paper, five storylines about what's going on with the CFL. Frankly, it's hard to tell what's going on with this league right now. Um, the deadline for whether they're going to return to play keeps getting pushed back. Um, you know, the, the Canadian Professional League of Soccer uh, actually announced that they're going to play. They're going to have a hub in Charlottetown. They're going to play these island games, right? They're, what, what the hell is going on with the Canadian <laughs> Football League? Uh, I mean, say what? Like, like yes. You know, this is supposed to be a professional football league. They just cannot get their shit together. Can I say that on a podcast? I'm getting you tired. Can. Unlike unlike the NHL games, we don't need to censor that. Right. Okay. So, um, if they want to have a season, and like they've got a hub city, like they need to get their act together. I I really believe Randy Ambrosi should be fired over all of this. Um, it, it's got to be put at his feet. Um, if there has to be a way for them to have a season. If the right. Canadian Professional Soccer League can have a season, there has to be a way for the, the Canadian Football League to have a season. Well, it seems like the ball is just sitting there on a tee, right? I mean, and it's been on a tee now for a while. I guess, Steve, is the missing piece here that that the government has not committed to a handout? Like, is that the missing element? It's that it seems, it seems to be, but I, I so I get that, but. I mean, there's got to be another way for them to, to financially do this. If if they're just waiting for a handout, the Canadian Professional Soccer League didn't. Maybe the players are going to have to play for less. Maybe the coaches are going to have to coach for less. Right. Uh, not sure. I, I know that Mike O'Shea gets paid a lot of money and is getting paid a lot of money right now. I know he took a, a, a minor pay cut, and I'm going to say minor because – when you're making 500 grand a year and you take a 20% pay cut, I guess that's a big pay cut, but you're still a lot of dough. Right. So there's got to be a way for them to do it. Um, and if, if it's completely reliant on the on the government giving the money, like then they, that was the wrong way to go about it. For sure. And and that's where I think the buck does stop with Randy Ambrosi. I mean, he's the he's the guy that's supposed to bring everyone together, right? And and you know. Obviously, there's massive differences between, say, the NHL and the CFL. But um, look at how look at what Commissioner Gary Bettman was able to do in terms of getting all the parties to the table, which included huge involvement from the players, committees, and I mean, not only did they find a way to come back to play this summer, they added four more years to the CBA in the most you know topsy turvy uh, times that we've seen. They were able to get labor peace, so. How can the CFL, which is a much smaller fish, 
Like, how can they not figure this out? And, and you're right. To me, that comes down to a commissioner who either can't or won't do what's necessary to get all the parties to kind of hash this out. And I don't understand, um, you know, how he will be able to continue it. If, if this season just goes up in smoke, um, I, I can't see how he, how he survives this. Well, the players have been blasting the league on Twitter and the, the Players Association. You know, they've been a little more quiet this week. It, it sounds like they are really, really trying this week to negotiate something. And, and um, you know, so everybody's been quiet. Sometimes that quiet is a good sign. So, maybe you know what, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe after the long weekend, something will come out. But, you know, it's time to make a decision. And if you're not going to have a season, then you, again, need to stop paying all these people to not coach, all these people to not train, and all these people to not manage um, so that you can then not have as a significant loss as teams. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers cannot afford to keep paying people to not work. No, exactly. And uh, there's enough examples now with other leagues, like you say, both here in Canada and south of the border that have been able to find ways. I mean, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes are playing baseball and just uh- Taylor Allen wrote earlier this week, like they've managed to do this and they're playing in COVID hotspots with travel, not in a bubble. Like, and they've been able to make it work. Get your act together, Randy Ambrosi and the CFL. So this bubble thing has, has obviously shown proven to be the more successful route to go. Um, baseball this week. Oh, Mitch, well, Oh my God, we've got a mess here, Mike in major league baseball. Um, how many, is it the Miami Marlins? That's what they're called. Yes. The Marlins are at the brink of disaster. Um, two-thirds of their team has tested positive. It, it, their games have been suspended through this through the weekend here, but I'm not sure that they'll be able to continue. And then if more teams are to test positive, um, there's there's a lot of trouble brewing in baseball. There's a... Oh, there, Odds were out in Vegas. There's two to one. You can get two to one odds that there will be no World Series. I, I might make that bet. Um, especially, Steve, there's been some breaking news. Like, well, we've been doing this. I don't know if you, oh. you've refreshed. So, no, I haven't. The Toronto Blue Jays will not be playing any baseball now until early next week. And that's because they were supposed to be starting. A series, it was originally supposed to start tomorrow in Philadelphia. Just to back up for a second, Philadelphia was the team that the Miami Marlins were playing when half their team or two-thirds of their team had COVID. Right. Now a bunch of Philadelphia Phillies staff members have tested positive as of today. They've now shut down the Philadelphia stadium where the Blue Jays were supposed to go to tomorrow. They had already announced yesterday that they weren't were post that they were going to play tomorrow and they were going to play a doubleheader on Saturday. Now the doubleheader's gone. Sunday's game is gone. The Blue Jays, who don't even really have a home, they're going to play in Buffalo eventually, apparently. They're now they're going to be stranded in Washington, where they just played their home opener yesterday. I repeat, the Toronto Blue Jays played their home opener in Washington. The Blue Jays will finish their series in Washington today. They're going to stay in Washington until they go to Atlanta early next week for what will then be their next series. 
then this is all because of the Marlins and the trickle-down effect and contact tracing. So now you've got potentially two teams. I mean, this thing is, is going down the drain very quickly, I think. My, uh, yeah, so my boss asked me, and they didn't have an answer, and I hate when that happens, so I'm going to ask you, and maybe you'll have an answer. Um, <laughs> why did baseball not go to the bubble situation? Why are, why are they... I mean, it seems like they could have done a, did a bubble somewhere, right? Like, why did... I do have an answer. Apparently, the Players Association wanted no part of it. And and MLB didn't push the issue. They, I guess, when it it sort of was met with some early resistance, and they were talking about an Arizona bubble. Right. um, And although Arizona isn't exactly COVID-free right now either. No, but you can still have a bubble even in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, the NBA's bubble is in Orlando, Right, and I just saw. I think early today they released their latest numbers for the second straight week. Zero COVID uh, right. positives. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it, you got to think, Steve. If you're the NFL, uh, which is the next league that's supposed to start, right? If you're the NFL, are you looking at MLB and saying, "Oh my God, how are we going to do this?" Because the NFL isn't going to have a bubble. Well, the NFL, they, they, they. They all seem to be like Trump or something, where they think that it's just going to go away, or they just don't care that people are going to die. Um, you know, like it's the mentality of football sometimes in this situation, anyways, is just founding. And um, I don't want to get off on, I mean, America is just, they're whacked. <laughs> they are. I'm at a loss for words here, Mike. How to what's going on down there? So, um, well, I, mean, I guess we'll have more to talk about uh, on, on, on this issue uh, when we <laughs> when going forward. Okay, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Center podcast. Mike, um, you're in Edmonton, and you're going to be there for we don't know how long. And so. <laughs> Um, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so envious that you're spending all this time in Edmonton. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, they, got a, they got a big mall here, you know. I haven't. Stepped yeah, in. I've, I've been to the Edmonton Mall. Um, it's, anyways. Yeah. Um, so you're pretty much quarantining yourself. You're uh, cooking for yourself. You've got a hotel there, but you've been uh, able to get out and keep up on your daily walks. Uh, yeah. Tell me, they got some. Uh, kick out hiking trails that you found on a app, the All Trails app. I have that All Trails app. It's a really good app for uh, mountain biking trails as well. Right. That's called All Trails, folks. If you're looking for a really good hiking and walking and the mountain biking trails app. So, and uh, so you're saying that there's some good walks in Edmonton. Is that what you're telling me? There is. So I've tried. I've checked out three different uh, loops, and one has become my favorite for sure. I like. I- Personally, you like loops. Yeah, I like loops as opposed to uh, out and back trails. Yeah, me too. Um, because it's all you know that you, there's almost a set goal. Like, and I, so I've done I've done this one three days in a row. It's called Terwilliger uh, Terwilliger Park, and it's it's. Um, what is that? I don't know what I don't know what Terwilliger. It's I think it's named after someone. Terwilliger is actually it's also the name of the arena where all the NHL players. Uh, here in the bubble are having their practices. Oh, we what this is about, Mike. Come on. What's that? You gotta find out what this name is for. Yeah, I'll find out who who Terwilliger. 
Uh, but I can tell you, one of the reasons I love this park is uh, it's a mix of sort of wide open, and then, it, then you go in kind of through the forest, and you're down by the river, and so it's really beautiful and lots of good scenery. But the big selling point to me, Steve, might actually be a deterrent to others, is it's an off-leash dog park as well. Uh, there are dogs everywhere, and I love it. Uh, yeah, I miss uh, my dogs. Uh, I mean, I, I miss I miss my wife and kids as well. But I but I really miss my two dogs. I really miss my two dogs. So I'm getting my my four legged fix every day uh, on my walks. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of the off leash dog park thing combined with uh, other people walking. Um, I, you know, I was riding my uh, well, like. Why do people? Here's here's something. So I'm riding my bike along the other day or whatever, and all of a sudden there's this dog racing at me, barking like crazy. Now, thank God there was a fence. Like, why do people why do people have their dogs in the front yard like that and just scaring the shit out of people? Like, but I, I bet there's a rule against that. Is there not a bylaw? But I bet you, I bet you, you won't go break into that house now, right? Oh, no. <laughs> not that you would have, anyways, but I, I guess... There's a security element that some people feel. Yes. Okay. Um, is that what it is? Or? I had uh, the highlight of my walk yesterday. I had a soaking wet husky puppy come. Uh, it had just because there's a spot that dogs can swim. So this dog had just come out of the, the swimming area with its owner. And it sees me walking sort of towards it on the path. And it comes flying up to me, jumps up. As I say, a lot of people probably would not like that. I loved it. it. Kind of made my day. Um, so yeah, if you like dogs, go to Williger Park uh, Loop. If you don't like dogs, stay far, far away. Okay, so just so all you folks who are listening, who are dog lovers, and are now thinking of emailing me and, and telling me that I shouldn't be a dog hater, um, that's just not true. I love dogs. I love them. They're just fantastic. I just don't want them running up to me and barking like crazy yeah. as I'm riding my bike or walking. Control your animals. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, if, and your kids, too. You're like uh, you're like Bob Barker when he used to tell people to spay their animals, spay and neuter. Uh, on The Price is Right, you're telling people yeah. not to spay and neuter, just control your animals, folks. Just control them. All right, Mike. Well, um, look forward to um, your coverage. Of, of the games this weekend. And um, I'll look forward to chatting with you again next Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday. I think we're doing it Wednesday, right? Because that's yeah. going to be after game two and three. Okay. So, yeah, when we're back here next Wednesday, Steve, I mean, we'll have one of two things that will have happened. Well, one of three things. The Jets could be eliminated. The season could be over. Uh, it could end on Tuesday evening. The Jets could have already advanced if they were to sweep the Flames, or we'll be setting the stage for Game Four and or Game Five. So that on the, the latter there, I don't know me that too. either one of these teams will sweep each other. Um, but uh, so, what? By the way, just before we go, what is your prediction on the on the series? I uh, and I, I I've seen nothing to change in my mind through these first two preseason games. I think the Jets will take this one. I'm saying Jets in four. Uh, I didn't. I watched the Flames play the Oilers the other day. Calgary has a lot of um, 
they have a lot of holes that can be exploited on their blue line. And what they don't have that the Jets do is a Vesna favorite in net. And I think that's where the series is probably going to turn. All right. Okay, thanks, Mike. Um, take care of yourself there. Happy trails. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>